Welcome to the Abundance Universe podcast. I'm your host, Bijan Machin, and today I am joined by my good friend, very special guest, Michael Moretta. Michael, welcome to Abundance Universe. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, blessings. It's a good day. It's a good day. We're going to have a great conversation today. I'm excited to introduce my community to you and get to know more about you as well in the process. And I'm sure everyone listening is going to be inspired and learn a lot. So I'll tell just a brief introduction, but I'd love for you to give like an in-depth introduction. Sure. Michael is the founder of Moretta Investment Co. He is a real estate investor. He's a real estate educator. He is also a coach, has a really awesome coaching program that he'll talk about. And he's just a great guy that I met in the field doing real estate stuff. And uh, we connected very genuinely and have been working together for a number of months now and decided this would be a great opportunity for us to talk and have an abundant conversation about what he does and about real estate in general, because he's very knowledgeable and experienced in a number of things, which we'll get into, but real estate is his abundant focus and passion. And I'd say he's created a lot of success there. So Michael, again, welcome. It's really great to talk to you today. Tell me a little bit about uh, just your story. Uh, you know, where do you about, uh, where'd you grow up? How'd you get to doing what you do now? Let's start there. Sure. Well, um, a lot of people are taken aback by this, but just like you, Bajan, I come from an artistic background. So, you know, prior to real estate and business and everything in that nature, I actually came from the live theater industry. So, um, you know, if we step back maybe five years, maybe maybe four and a half years, um, I was an actor, right? I was a composer, right? I read and write music um, pretty well, um, play the piano and a few other instruments and I um I was also writing plays and all that stuff, right? Um, so now if we step back a little further, right? I all I was always, you know, into the arts, I was always into music, right? So me transitioning into something like real estate or business in general, because I love business. Um, it can be any industry. I love business itself. Um that kind of sparked, um, you know, out of nowhere. Like it, it just kind of came out of me. I wasn't influenced by my environment because no one around me was was into it. So it was something that kind of really happened inside. And that's what brought me into real estate was I just wanted to do something business related. And during my search, I, you know, real estate kind of just fell on my lap because it kind of covered every single thing that I wanted to do, right? And that's and that's how I, you know, that's how I started my own company because I figured, you know, I might as well start something that I'm com confident in. And I was pretty confident in real estate. I kind of gra grasped it really, really quickly. How were you introduced to real estate? Being an artist and doing all the different things you did creatively, what was the first kind of thing that sparked the interest and turned the light bulb on for you? Made you say, okay, I'm going to do this. It was kind of like, uh, it like when I first 
started getting into business, I first went into the stock market, right? So um, it wasn't it wasn't like I want to do real estate. It was I want to do something with investments. So I first went into stocks. I tried to learn everything I could, right? And during that search of buying and selling stocks and learning about stock options and then trading those, I came across something that's called a real estate investment trust, right? Or some people call them REITs. REITs. And those are those are stocks that you can actually buy, right? You can buy them on the stock market and they're I believe it's a pool of different investment properties and the value of the properties determines the value of the real estate investment trust. So um, I bought a few of those. And then from that point on, I was like, I want to do something in real estate. Like that sounds interesting. Right. So then it was until I read um, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then he kept talking about investing in real estate, investing in real estate. And the whole time I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what does investing in real estate mean? Right? Because the first thing that came to my head was like, well, I need I need a lot of money so I can buy investment properties. And that's me investing in real estate. And then um, as I was talking to, I used to work at Home Depot, by the way. And as I was talking to some coworkers, someone mentioned Airbnb arbitrage, where you can go ahead and instead of buying a property, you can lease it out or get a lease and then sublease it out on Airbnb. So that's when I, I went full force on that. I learned everything I could. And then in that search, I came across wholesaling through a video. I it was it had to be somewhere on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, or even YouTube. And Someone was talking about wholesaling real estate. And as soon as I saw that one video, I was like, this is what I'm doing. And I dropped everything else and I just focused on wholesaling. And then that, I just went from there. That's and awesome. It took me, you know, I did it for a whole year. One whole, my first year, I didn't get anything. So, uh, but that- what did, can... what, what did you do during that time? Like, how did you continue after going hard for a year and getting no results? It was one of those things, you know, like, and I'm kind of blessed and cursed to have this, but I have a really addictive personality. So like I can get really obsessed with things. Right. And that's what helped me get through that first year because I was, I was working at Home Depot, right. My shift started from 4 a.m. I had a clock in at 4 a.m. And, you know, I would clock out at 8 a.m. sometimes or sometimes at 12 noon, depending on the day. So my lunch break was always at 9 a.m. So what I would do is I would clock in at 4 a.m. work. On my lunch break, I would take my laptop and I would go to Starbucks, which was next door. And then I would use the Wi-Fi to start making cold calls during my lunch break. And then because it was a perfect timing, 9 a.m., then I would get off at 12 noon, make more phone, more phone calls. And then, you know, in the evening, 6 p.m., make more phone calls. So I was kind of doing like two hour shifts of cold calling for months and months. And I didn't get anything, but it got me really comfortable with talking to homeowners. That's for sure. Hmm. And it made me more confident in talking about real estate. Like it made me more confident. And that's that whole year was definitely worth it, even though I didn't get a deal. Because now second year two comes along and I can literally talk about it 
like you know like i've been doing it for a long time because i constantly constantly called people called homeowners called realtors and all this stuff and did you set up a schedule for yourself when you were doing cold calling or how did you get to the point where you had a system to make it actually work for you and also i would love to talk about your first deal and maybe sure. do like a mini breakdown of that sure um so um i would build a schedule so i i'm really familiar with uh, google sheets and spreadsheets and stuff so i built myself a little you know a little crm through google sheets and i would have a list of like 400 maybe and then each time i called i would mark it a few times right for each time i called and all the ones that said no i would block it out in red and i would just do it you know i my goal was to do at least four hours a day so i would break up those hours as i mentioned in the morning and the middle of the day and then the at night or when everyone's coming home from work and where'd you get your list i you know and, when I first, and and let's tell people what a list is that may not even know. Maybe this is somebody's oh. first time hearing about wholesaling real estate. What is a list and where, where did you get a list? And what was that list that got you your first deal? Sure. So, um, so, you know, when you're, when you're first starting in wholesaling, you have to, you know, um, look for homeowners who, you know, have some sort of distress or don't want the property anymore. Just want to sell in general. So you would have to go to some sort of data source website that can pull all that information for you. Um, PropStream, for example, is one of the most, you know, famous um, data softwares for real estate, right? It's equivalent to the MLS, right? Um, you know, obviously the MLS is something that will probably beat all of them only because it's exclusive to real estate invest, uh, real estate agents. Um, but PropStream is like the next best thing. And um, so I, I had to get a PropStream account and I would, you know, you can search up people on pre-foreclosure. You can search up people uh, or properties that are vacant, properties that have tenants in them. You can search up all that on PropStream and you can export that list. And then um, it has the information of the house, the owners, the mailing address and all that. And then uh, the only thing it doesn't have though, it's the phone numbers, right? So that's another obstacle that uh, I faced when I first started and a lot of people face at one point, right? So then there's this thing called skip tracing where you take that list, you put it through a skip tracing website and that website pulls all the phone records associated with the property to hopefully give you the homeowner's um, phone number, right? And um, that's where I would get the list from, from PropStream. And then I would use a website called skiptracing.ai um, to get the phone numbers. Although that website is no longer um, active, but there's a bunch of other skip tracing websites like Lead Sherpa, Batch Leads, um, a few more that I can't think up on the top of my head, but, uh, or you can skip trace directly from PropStream as well. And, um, and that's where I would get my list from. And I would, you know, I would do pre foreclosures and vacant properties and stuff like that. Okay. So pre foreclosures, vacant properties, um, any like 
tired landlords, stuff right, like right. that. And yep. you call on zip codes. Now, were you calling locally or were you calling out of state? How did you think about the areas that you invested in for so your first I, deal? For my So when I first started prospecting, I just did it in L.A. only because, you know, I was, it, it's kind of intimidating to go somewhere that you weren't <clears throat> familiar with. Um, so I did it all in L.A. and then I started to expand to like Kern County up north and then to Riverside County. And then that's when, you know, you would hear online about people doing it virtually and doing it out of state. So I started to expand and explore. And that's when I explored to Texas and then to Kansas, right? And believe it or not, my first deal ever, it wasn't even from me cold calling. It was actually someone somehow found my website and submitted the form. Wow. And that's the only that's literally since then, no, I've never had another lead like that. Wow. Right. The so first one. First one. Like and where was, was it from? Where were they from? It was in Kansas and a in a small town called Mankato. Wow. And it was I've never heard of the town. It's so small. And you know, the the homeowner actually bought it because she was gonna flip the house. So she only owned it for a few years and it turned out that she didn't have the money or something happened along the way where she couldn't finish the project. So she needed to sell fast. So she submitted it to my website for the same price that she bought it at. So she can break even, which was 25 grand. So then I did the numbers and I, I had to call her back and I said, look, I'm very interested, but we can't give you 25 grand. We have to give you, close to 15 grand so she thought about it for a bit and she's like i'm gonna call you back she called me back the next day saying okay if we can do 15 then we have a deal i lock it up for 15 i'm getting a lot of offers from buyers right so i'm now now i'm prospecting for buyers for my first deal so and that's another thing that i feel like uh people who first start wholesaling you know it's good to be looking for deals and prospecting for deals, but you still have to prospect for buyers for when you forget that first deal or else you're going to have the trouble that I had was I got a good deal, but I don't know who to sell it to. Right. So then I, um, I started just calling people and trying to look up houses that just sold that looked flipped called realtors and I can't sell it to anybody. So then one of my friends, one of my really good friends who's also a real estate investor he was like hey if you can give it to me for this price i'll buy it from you but it was lower than 15 i think he said around 12 12,500 right and i called the seller up and said hey like we're gonna have to go lower and it was weeks weeks of us going back and forth for her to finally agree to give it to me for eleven thousand. And I sold it to my friend for 13000 So I made 2000 my first deal. Wow. Yeah. That's a hustle, man. You made it work, though. You made a profit. Yeah. And it was like, and that's when I realized, and and it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenon that um, once you get your first deal, the rest just kind of start coming in. And it, I experienced that because after that, you know, it got easier and easier. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but none of your other deals came from the uh, direct direct from the website. That was the only one. Right. Wow. Do you find that that it's still valuable to have a website as a real estate investor? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know, like there's in wholesaling uh, specifically. There's you know you have the acquisition side, which is the side that looks for deals and talks to homeowners and realtors and stuff. And then there's the disposition side that is mainly focused on buyers, right? So it depends on, you know, you can go full force on both if you're an independent wholesale, but there's always going to be one that you're better at and one that you should put your focus on. Um, if you're going to have, if you're going to focus more on the acquisition side, then yeah, having a website where it's seller friendly, homeowner friendly, you know, saying, well, we'll buy your house quick, you know, get a free cash offer in minutes, right? Um, then that's a definite website to have if you're in the acquisition side. But if you're more of a dispo person, then having a website with, you know, subscribe to get your to get your a custom deal delivered to you. Right. Or are you looking to invest in real estate? Sign up or fill out the form so we can start sending you deals. Right. So then people are you know, buyers are putting their information in. You already have their phone and email and you can start sending them stuff. But definitely having a website helps. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good info for people. Definitely want to have a brand. Maybe we yeah. can talk about that now that you are a seasoned veteran mm -hmm. investor and, and have connected with a lot of people. How important is personal brand when oh, it man. comes to investing in real estate and wholesaling real estate uh having a brand in in general it's it's very very important only because it's that's what you know um that's what creates trust right if if you create a brand right if you brand yourself and you're doing good right then that's what's going to catch on Right. And people are going to associate that with, with good deals. Right. And that's something that um, there's a company called new Western. Right. And they're really, really good at this. They branded themselves as the marketplace for investment properties. Right. That's what they're not a brokerage. They're not anything. They're simply a marketplace, like the marketplace for investment properties. And they can sell a deal within like, an hour of getting it so they can get a new a new deal under contract and they can sell it within the hour because their investor network is so big and loyal because they trust the brand they trust them right and uh you know if you're first starting out you know building your brand can be you know anything that will create um uniqueness right where you know it can be a logo it can be a, a name it can be the type of videos that you upload right it can be a simple you know uh i know ryan P have you heard of ryan pineda John? yeah he's really good at that with his hair right wealthy way right the yeah with his hair uh alex harmozy i'm sure you've heard of him yep 
has the long hair with the thing here. It's all it's all branding. Right. You know, and it's the nasal awesome. strip. Right. The nasal strip. With the flannel shirt. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. And yeah. I dig yeah. that. Me too. Like you know, and same with Ubijani, you know, you have the the locks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm always I'm always looking and feeling like art. I'm being art. Exactly. You know, I everywhere I, I go. I met you with a really cool jacket. I think I complimented your jacket, right? You had a suit on and it was, it was, it was painted awesome. on. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Thank but, you. But seeing you like with that versus everybody else that was with a regular suit and tie or you stood out and I, you know, you're, um, memorable because i don't see people with a painted jacket every day right right and that's part of the branding well there it is it worked i appreciate it and that's that's one of my things too when i make clothes when i make art i make all this art that you see here i make music as well myself under the name lambo mage that's this little logo right here lambo Uh, mage m-a-c-h because my last name is machen okay lambo mage yeah, and and Machen in German means mm-hmm. to make or to create. Oh, nice! So it all works this. out. Yeah, life is art. <laughs> you know, I was born for this. Yeah, of but course. I love making things that are unique for mm-hmm. people that appreciate uniqueness, and all my art is abstract because I appreciate the difference in things and the wabi sabi and the fact that we're all similar, but we're all unique. And we can appreciate our differences just as much as our similarities and things that we have in common uh, and appreciate together discovering new things about the world and about God's creations. Right. And I feel like <clears throat> being an artist is what allows me to really explore those phenomena and um, make life an adventure in a way that suits me the best, right. you know, so I, I appeal to that. And that's part of my personal brand. And I'm every day working on doing more and more not just to be who I am in public, but to share more and also inspire other people to be who they are and to be their true selves and to believe in themselves and have fun with life and love more. So that's, that's what the brand is all about, that abundance. And that's why we're on abundance universe. Okay. So you got your first deal. Mm -hmm. You got inspired through Airbnb arbitrage, which I think is fascinating. You know, it's still real estate. Uh, I love Airbnb and getting creative with peer space or whatever it is, finding ways to make properties useful because people always need properties for different things. So that actually got you into saying, okay, I want to try wholesaling real estate. You learned about real estate and now you're an investor. Now, your strategy right now, your wholesaling properties, are you also interested in in buying and holding properties? What's your take on on buy and hold investments as an investor? If you're playing, you know, the long-term game is the buy and hold, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Wholesaling real estate is, it's it's one of the very first, first steps in being an investor, right? Um, My goal, definitely, I want to buy as much property as possible. Um, but that part what I've also been thinking of doing is, and I, you know, I don't talk about this often, but I want to kind of mix the Airbnb arbitrage with the wholesaling. And one of a good, good way to do this 
is where instead of so we make an offer on a property when we're wholesaling right make a cash offer um and we just sell it to to an end buyer right but i was thinking that instead of doing that we could make an offer where we can do the the rental arbitrage with them so we'll say look we'll pay you monthly we want to lease it but we want the option to purchase it at the end of the year right so we'll lease it from you we'll pay you you know above average rent whatever as an incentive but we want the option to purchase it at a certain price at the end of the year so then during that year we put it into airbnb we you know check out the the percentages every month see how it does if it's really really good by month six we can take those numbers we can take it to an investor and we can show them how good the property is and that we have an option to purchase and then we just we give them the property for a fee and if it doesn't work out at least we made some money on the airbnb and it's just the lease so we can go ahead and cancel and move on to the next one i like that so win-win i think everybody wins in that scenario yeah, exactly. seller you win you know it just depends on your expertise and what you know how to right. do with the property that's great yeah but from there you know for my person you know that's i'm talking about company but for my personal uh, investments definitely i want to invest in some single family homes right um i think for me at least i have a I'm more attracted to having a bunch of single family homes, especially in the Midwest. Um, and yeah, eventually, you know, maybe some commercial properties, some multifamilies, 10 units and above, stuff like that, you know, Absolutely. definitely single families first. Like that's going to be my, probably a year from now, I'll start investing in single families. Okay. I like that. And there's also opportunities to talk about creative finance. Oh yeah. I mean, when you're dealing in the single family world, you can right. get a lot more creative at acquiring properties, sub two and oh yeah. Sub you know. two is like sub two is really interesting. Yeah. And like, absolutely. And raps and all that. Right. But till this day, like like I'm so interested in doing sub two and I get what it is. I understand the process, but for me, it's still, there's so many like little parts to it mm -hmm. that like someone like Pace Morby just does so well. Yeah. It's like it's knowing every little detail to kind of get the seller to be comfortable. And that's Absolutely. the part that I haven't struggled with. Well, I, I would definitely recommend watching more Pace Morby. He has a lot of his, videos on youtube going through the process he has live seller calls also reading the book wealth without cash by pace morby and published by bigger pockets that's a really great resource also make sure you check out wealth without cash and pace morby in his youtube channel he has a mentorship as well and i'm a part of his community on facebook and circle and there's a lot of really dope people there that are willing to help and answer any questions that you have with anything that have experience in all kinds of areas. So shout out to the sub two community and pace, but yeah, definitely a good resource for people to check out to learn more about creative finance.
Yeah. And, you know, creative finance is something that, like, it just, that shows the nature and, like, how real estate or just business or being an entrepreneur is equivalent to being an artist. It's equivalent to being a creative. Like, you're you're finding ways to make money or to buy a property that is, you know, you're taking a, something that happens every single day, which is a real estate transaction, but you're taking that and then you're kind of going around it, trying to do it a different way. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. interesting. It's just an unconventional way. It's just a different right. way right. of creating a win-win scenario for buyer and seller. Yeah. And, and that's, 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 that's exactly creative real estate. It's exactly what wholesaling is too. Yeah. It's taking the, you know, something that's been around for a long time and making money out of it. Right. And, yeah. Creating win wins. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what we do. Real estate wins. It's a vibe. Right. Awesome, man. So you got into, you got into wholesaling, but what took you from, okay, I did my first deal to now there's more deals. Mm -hmm. And of course you built your relationship, you built your network, your reputation, I'm, I'm sure. But what, how did you decide to start your own real estate company? Like, what was that transition like from doing it like kind of on the side or just kind of coming upon real estate wholesaling to saying, I'm going to go all in, start Moretta Investment Corporation and really make this my full-time business. It it's it's had to do with you know the the same book rich dad poor dad mm -hmm. um, as i was reading it and then i read his second book which was the cash flow quadrant and that's what you know he explains um you know the 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 quadrant which has a e for employee um, s for self-employed b for business owner and then i for investor and uh he talked heavily on the difference between being self-employed and owning a business, right? Um, he mentioned that even though you're self-employed, you're still trading time for money. And he spoke about how he wants people to be on the other side, where it's B and I, the big business and investor, and how in order to get there, you have to you have to create a system. It's all about systems, right? And I know you joined the three days the seminar where I met you, and literally she talked about systems all day, all day long. But it's true, like building a system where, you know, eventually you can step away from and it'll still generate money, right? That's where that's what inspired me to create the company itself. So that's when I started it, um, and then I've been treating it like a company ever since and i'm still still on the scaling process which is kind of you know it's difficult but it's fun and i love it i love it that's yeah. the energy you yeah. gotta love it you gotta be all in you gotta really be passionate about it 100%. i actually love real estate too man yeah it, it's fun I, lo I love doing it i love waking up every day not knowing what's going to happen because things can happen every single day Right. Things change every day. It's yep. a you, people business. You can lose but, the old two, but that's part of the love. It's like if you lose a deal, right? 
all you're doing is open yourself up from another opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. What are some tips you have for people to get more deals and make sure they're not losing deals? But um, what are just some basic tips if somebody is wholesaling real estate to that just lessons learned, like some of the things that you've learned that can help other people getting started? I think not um, a big thing that I see people do is there's too focused on technological stuff. They're too focused on CRMs, spreadsheets, um, SEO, stuff like that in the beginning, right? That's good. You you have to focus on those things as you as you scale up. But in the beginning, I feel that taking less time away from, you know, marketing and SEO and anything technological based and just starting to make calls and just starting to talk to people who have properties for sale or realtors, that's will really help someone who needs to get their first deal. It's don't worry. And you know, it's that whole, um, what was it called? Analysis paralysis thing yeah. where it's overthinking it, just do it. Um, that's one thing. Another thing is, you know, start doing on-market deals, deals that you can literally search up on Zillow that are for sale. You know, if you go on Zillow and then you look at all the for sale properties in an area and then you click the tab that says more and then you can scroll down to put a keyword. If you put the keyword fixer, it'll show you all the fixer uppers that are for sale and just start making call, like, you know, analyzing the deals, of course, um, coming up with a good offer and then just calling the real estate agents that are that listed up and just make offers to them hmm. you know i i make at least five offers a day to realtors what's the keys to making an offer can you break that down and where do you even get the contracts or whatever to make an offer so let's um, say on market offer gotcha so when it's on market right um the biggest difference is that you're using the Department of Real Estate contracts, right? So you're using the contract that every single um, real estate purchase um, requires. So if you make an offer to an, a listing agent, right? And there's two ways you can do this. You can you can find a, an agent and say, hey, can you be my, can you represent me? I want to buy this property. Right. So they, you know, you give them what you want to offer and then they write up the contract and they send it over to the listing agent. Uh, you can do it like that or you can do it the better way, which is more effective, is you can call up the listing agent and say that you're interested, that you're the buyer, you're the buying party. Uh, you're not represented at the moment. So if they're interested, they can represent us or me and they can double end the deal so now they'll get both commissions instead of just one so then at that point you know you just you can text them or you can email them um, your offer right and the offer can literally be hey you know hey john it was nice speaking with you here's my offer for this 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 address right and then you put the buyer's name then you put your name or your company's name. You put the price, um, the earnest money deposit, how much you're going to put, the inspection period, the closing period, 
and then just email to them and say, you know, you can you can send the contract to this email for me to sign or whatnot. Okay. And it's it's that simple as just sending an email or you can send them a text. Nice. So have you had offers accepted via text message? Um yeah. I've had, you know, like once they so once you send the text over, right, they're gonna write, they're gonna actually write up the contract um for you. And then they're gonna send it to your email. So yeah, I've had offers accepted for me texting them. And is there an example that you have of a profitable deal that you've done that was on market that you could talk about? Yeah. Um, maybe one of your best deals or your favorite on market deals. How'd you find the deal? What was it? And um, how'd you get it closed? Sure. So one of the, my favorite on market deals was in West Adams. Right. And I like this one because, and this is the beauty of building relationships is that one was brought to me by another realtor. He brought it to me. He said, hey, do you want to make an offer on this one? And I said, sure. I did the numbers really quick. I threw out a number. He talked to the listing agent, you know, did the negotiating for me, came back, said, hey, they're not willing to do this, but they'll do this. And I said, fine. And I'll offer this much instead. And um, and then he went back out, negotiated for me. And then, you know, I totally forgot about the deal, honestly. Maybe a week or two later, calls me back saying, hey, it got accepted. I'm like, oh, cool. And then totally forgot about it. And then, and then the same thing. I sold it for a few thousand more to my friend at New Western, because New Western also buys properties. And yeah, I made a quick 3,500 bucks on it for honestly me not doing much. Wow. <laughs> I just, yeah. But the key is you got to get it under contract. If you find a good property, you have to get it under contract with either the agent or the seller for a certain price. Right. And another question I have is say you're trying to get a rock bottom deal for, for a good, good, good price. Let's say just a good deal. There's an agent involved. Right. Um, if you can get an offer accepted from the seller, how do you negotiate agent commissions? What if the agent wants more in commissions than you have meat on the bone for your wholesale deal? How do you deal with that? So when whenever there's a an agent involved, it's usually, I mean, 99.9% of the time, it's because the seller needs help selling the property right so in exchange the seller is the one that pays all the commission to the realtor so okay. the seller um, technically hires the the realtor to sell the property in exchange for let's say five percent that's the usual so five percent of the sales price of the sale price so um no matter what price the property sells at it's going to be 5% of that price. So basically as the buyer, you don't even consider the commissions as an investor. That's completely taken care of by the seller. Your offer price is your offer price. Are there any other costs associated with closing on a property as a buyer or an investor? Um, just the average co closing costs, um, which title and escrow fees, 
usually amount to maybe 1% or 1.5% of the purchase price. Okay. So, um, so you got to have that prepared. Is there a way to calculate that? And then how do you find a title or escrow company or even know how to do that if it's your first deal? So if it's your first deal, you know, the one of the best ways is to call, you know, go on Google, search up, you know, search up title companies near me or escrow companies near me, and then uh, start calling them up, right? And then ask them, hey, do you do assignments? Right. If they question what that is, then they're not a good company to work with. Okay. Right. So you want to buy, you want to find a wholesale friendly title and escrow company exactly. asking if they do assignments. Exactly. And that's probably a good thing to do beforehand in the area that you're investing in, right? Like maybe right. even before you start cold calling is like maybe find a good wholesaler friendly title or escrow company, maybe a few. Right. So that when you do have the deal, you already know how to get it closed and there's no questions asked. There's nobody trying to slow down the deal because they're not familiar with how to do assignments. Exactly. And, you know, even at that point, like I did a, I did a deal in New Mexico and then I also did a deal in Kansas where the deal that I did in Kansas, actually the Kansas one came first, New Mexico came after that, but the, the escrow agent or the escrow officer of the Kansas deal rec recommended me to the New Mexico escrow officer. You know, so that's also where you can get more escrow people or uh, officers and agents under your belt is by referrals from, you know, because they're going to they're gonna get a referral fee either way. So it works right. out there. And the power of personal brand, like people know yeah. Yeah, exactly. to recommend Michael to this person. And right. now we got a connection made because they know your name. They thought about you. Right. Right. That's the key. Yeah. Being known is such a key. What do you think are some good ways for people who are real estate investors to, to be more well-known and to have a positive reputation and a positive personal brand as they go out into the world? Communication is key. Communication is, I think communication is way more important than, you know, obviously closing deals as much as you can. Being, you know, knowing that you can close on something is good, but also being known as someone who always responds, even if it's bad news, will definitely make you look or make you a really good investor because you have to be able to, you know, let's say you made an offer to a realtor you know thinking that this property was really good and then you start the marketing for it and no one buys it you have to be able to go to the realtor and say look i made a mistake i don't think it's going to sell i think we have to back out instead of just ghosting it right uh, because you don't want to face the the bad you know uh, energy or you know anything right the negative uh, feelings that come along with failure it's, which we all have to encounter at some point. Exactly. Face them. And, you know, there's times right now where, where even I feel like, damn, like I wish, I wish I could have done it, but I couldn't, you know? So then I feel, you know, some, some people get mad, some people don't, but either way, you still feel like you, like you let them down. 
right? And that's something that, you know, most mostly every human being is going to feel either way, but it's something that you're going to have to face more than once in this business. Right. Because, you know, you can let a, you can let a buyer down, you can let a seller down, you can let a realtor down. But at the end, you know, it's still business as usual, right? And there's always going to be another deal right. for them as well. Right. So if you, but, if you but your name must live on. Exactly. Your name has got to be good in these streets. Exactly. At least the realtor can say, "Hey, well, at least I know what's going on with if I work with Michael again. I know what's going to be happening the entire time. I'm not going to be lost. I'm not going to be questioning things. You know, he's going to let me know the good and the bad. Right. And there it on. is. Being accountable. It's really about accountability. Can right. people count on you and can you count on yourself Right. to just be accountable? It's like if I'm pulling up somewhere and I know I'm about to be late and I'm going to arrive later than the agreed upon time, it's okay. It's LA. That happens. Right. But say something. I'll <laughs> tell the person first or I'll call them or I'll check in or I'll message and we check in and just let folks know what the deal is and be accurate. Right. Um so that we can at least say, hey, I'm going to be 15 minutes later than expected. Um, excuse my tardiness, but I will see you as soon as possible and just want to give you a heads up. Exactly. And That's if we it. if if we in L.A., that person's probably a few minutes late, too, anyway. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. But you got to be accountable. Communicate. Mm -hmm. That's that's a key. And, um, you know, it also, you know, this it shows how mature you are. Exactly. And that's, you know, that can, that can bring you pretty far in life. It's true. Yes. And the thing that causes people to not do that is fear mm -hmm. and their lack of the ability to face their own fears. Right. At the end of the day, you can call it nervousness. You can call it whatever. It's fear. Yeah. And people at, are at different levels when it comes to facing their fears and going for it or doing whatever it takes to manifest something. And even if you go as hard as you want or as hard as possible and face all your fears, you could still not get what you want. It depends on the, the objective. However, the ability to be willing to do whatever it takes, have a willingness to accept change, having a willingness to think differently and act upon those thoughts differently do different take different actions to get different results everybody has a different level of that of their willingness right and their desire so i think that is something that has to be talked about too is with anything we'll say real estate specifically if you want to create success you have to have a strong desire you got to be willing to keep picking up the phone yeah. michael you want a, a year without a deal while yeah. cold calling yeah. networking probably yeah. paying for mentorship investing 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 time and money right. and still you know you had to keep going but yeah. you didn't quit and eventually you got success and once you got some success success came abundantly because you built up the muscle and invested the skills and the time to yeah. create more success but that perseverance is a key and we have to have perseverance and a willingness to to face the fears of the unknown and the yeah. fears of rejection right. so that we can persevere and create abundant successes exactly 
and then you know having been building that discipline you know to even though it's not working now right you knowing that if you can't if you have to stay consistent that it's going to happen someday and that was me with the whole year was that you know i'm i like working out by the way i i go to the gym quite often and when i first started um you know you don't see things you don't see the results right away but you have to keep going to the gym you have to keep going and then same with the whole year of me cold calling is that i wasn't getting anything but i was getting stronger and stronger in negotiating and you know building trust with people quickly and stuff like that and that's all discipline and i think that's discipline's actually one of the biggest things that i think was lacking in my first you know in my younger years because i'm 26 by the way but when i was you know in my teens and early 20s i feel like discipline was one of my one of the things that lacked the most for sure and that's what kept me from you know being successful and in my in my definition of success right how do you develop discipline how do how does one develop discipline Sheesh, that's tough honestly yeah, it definitely depends on the person it depends on the person uh it depends on the upbringing too right right and the belief um, system it, 100% i you know i went to i went to catholic school from kindergarten to 8th grade so that definitely that definitely like put a structure in my mind right cuz i was i was around discipline from kinder to eighth growing up so depends on the environment depends on the upbringing the the educators that you had as well so i think education is really important right and so i I really like what you do and how you're focused on education because it's that especially with young kids can really change their their life we uplift the world we uplift the world shout out (laughs) <laughs> yes 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 thank you yeah, of course so um how does one get disciplined i don't know it, that's a hard one it's it varies you know for me it wasn't until you know because i kind of rebelled for a long time it wasn't until you know 21 22 when i something just clicked i don't know what it was but something was like, I need structure. I need to start waking up early every single day. I need to start working out every single day. I need to start, you know, working, stop partying, stop going out, just focus. It was just a switch. So I don't know what attributed to that, honestly. You just made a decision one day. Yeah, you, you probably had a change in your desires too. You first said, I want different results. Right. And that means I got to do things differently. Right. And like for the longest time, you know, I was always the type of person that said, well, you know, it's not about being rich. It's not about 
having money. It's not about that, right? But then I, that's what really, that's the biggest switch that I had was realizing that with money, I can do so many things for people, right? I can do so much more, uh, you know, good in the world with money. And that's the, that's one of the biggest switches that I had. And that's what got me here. Yeah. The more money, the better. Exactly. And, yeah. and coming from certain religious backgrounds, I grew up Christian and in the church and there's a certain stigma about business or making money that I think creates subconscious barriers to wealth yeah. that have to be overcome. If yeah. you grew up a certain way, thinking that money is not a tool that it actually is thinking different things about money and thinking having a negative connotation right that can create a lifestyle of cycles of brokenness and poverty and non-abundance and that's the antithesis of abundance universe so we want to make sure that people are financially educated financially literate excited about making money and understand the good that money can do so that we can all do more good with the money we have and have wealth and success and health and all the things that come with it. Right. Abundance alert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there is definitely a stigma. Like I, so I'm, I'm a Christian by the way. Um, but I went to Catholic school only cause it was, we knew the staff there as well. My parents did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still go to worship sometimes on Sundays and, you know, there's still that, that, negative connotation to money and to you know wealth in general which but i you know me being an entrepreneur and and stuff like that like i all i do is just uh what's that word um process it differently like i take it as you know i am trying my best you know to you know i'm being honest with myself too like i want to live a comfortable life like i'm not running from that i'm not denying that but i also i want to be able to give more to other people right easily and more often than i can now or than what i could back then more abundance more abundance abundance alert abundance <laughs> alert let's have it let's have more abundance <laughs> alerts yes day in day out yeah. I feel that. And there's so many different ways to create it. One of the ways that I've tapped into is providing valuable education. And I think that's something that we both share a passion for yep. that we can do more of and creating products that educate and take people to the next step right. that are investments in their education. That is a, that is a key. Those are some of the best investments I've made is in courses, books, uh, I got two copies of Rich Dad, Poor Dad right here on the bookshelf right now. You know, um, it's like a staple. I might have a third copy, actually, uh, on this other bookshelf here. But it's like certain tools can really accelerate the mind so that we can create new habits and new paradigms for ourselves and right. new ways of thinking about wealth, money and health. You know, I've done a lot of reprogramming around money. We've probably done more around my health, around not just exercise, but diet, right. eating and what I listen to, how much TV I allow myself to consume per week. Yep. Um, 
it's like very limited you know for a couple of years i didn't even have a tv i sold my tv and just youtube videos on the phone only like i'm only learning skills if i'm going to watch something right and right. that was a mode for a long time now i've allowed myself to appreciate certain shows and also have like friends who are actors and actresses so i watch their shows to support yeah. what they do as well but i spend a lot more time even if i'm doing that i'm like also on the computer doing something else you know working on something else so there's a there's a consistent focus on betterment and self-improvement that is such a key and has become an important staple in my life and that's one of the things i think anybody wanting more discipline can do is like become more serious about learning and building skills and implementing those skills yeah. to create change in your life and the lives of others yeah. you know just keep moving forward yeah. keep connecting keep increasing increase the uppage as i like to say yes yeah. increase the uppage yeah of course yeah we're always learning we're all and we always should be learning you'll never know everything um so might as well keep learning everything right keep learning as much as you could exactly and i love and learning things keep learning and keep attempting keep trying like keep yeah. doing I, I don't use the word try but you have to try things before you can do them you know right. so try something and then do it but yeah. once you become too afraid to try try to make that one call Try to send that contract, try to make that offer, try to learn that new skill, try to edit that video, try to make that song, right. try to drive that car, try to get that down payment for that new Lambo, if that's what you're into. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. you got to try. Try to find more buyers for your property that you got under contract. Yep. If you're willing to give it another try, success could be right on the other side of that try. Exactly. But it got to be willing to give it a try regardless of the result without knowing the outcome right. just keep going keep trying know, like deep keep down doing you don't have to do it right you have to do it you have to just you know and so, something like you know um what stopped me too like in the beginning of doing uh on market deals was just dealing with the realtor was so intimidating right that's what prevented me from making on market offers and eventually till I just got over it and I just made it, you know, offer and it was not a big deal at all. It was, you know, did, did you use a script or did you just have so many tries at trying what didn't work that you knew what did work or. Yeah. Just from all the, you know, from all the off market offers that I made, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to call this realtor and whatever happens, happens. Right. And then, yeah, no big deal. It's a person just like me, right? Probably knows as much as I do at this point, you know. Um, and that's it. Just having a conversation with them, building a trust, just like I'm building trust with the with a homeowner, right? But it's easier though because you know there's two there's two battles when you're um, wholesaling or anything in general with real estate, right? The first battle is, do they want to sell? The second battle is getting them at the right price. That works for you and with with everybody else. So when you do on-market properties, on-market deals, they already won the first battle for you. Yeah, that's out of the way. You don't that's have to convince way. anybody to sell anything. Exactly. All you have to worry about is getting them to the right price. And that's why I love doing on-market deals because... Right. 
half the battle's already won for me. I just have to go ahead and make them an offer. Right. Now, are you finding that you can get off-market deals for decent prices under what quote-unquote list price or like market value? Are you able to make offers and still get deals that are profitable? For uh, on market? On market, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, there is one extra obstacle in the on market and it, it is the list price. So, you know, you have to, just like an off market property, you have to find the ARV, which is the active repair value, right? Um, so you find the active repair value of the property and then you have to determine the, the offer price, right? But then you also have to consider the list price, right? Because let's say the offer, the good offer price is above the list price, meaning that the realtor knew what, what they were doing, you know, priced it really, really well. Even though you're above list price, it's still not a good deal for you because you're just wholesaling. Meaning that your price is higher than the list price. So your buyer can just buy it straight from them and make have a better deal. So you still have to be lower than list price for it to be a good deal. Right. So, um, you know, there's some, uh, most of the properties on market are overpriced in general. So, you know, um, there is a property listed for 2 million, right? And the price we needed to get it at was like at 1.3-ish. So, you know, that's $700,000 below what they're asking for. But right. it's, it's just the reality. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, we eventually, we negotiated to 1.5, but still, like it's still 500000 less than what they're asking for. Right. And what's that like? What are some of the things that you do to get a negotiation to move in your favor where you're getting essentially a $500,000 discount on a property or just able to get a price closer to your price. What are some things you do in a negotiation to get that number down? So the, one of the things we look at is how long it was on market, right? So this one in particular was on market for like 120 days, which is a really long time. Like anything, well, once you pass the 30 day mark, you know, something's not quite right. If it's not even pending, no offers accepted. Um, you know it's overpriced. Once it hits 60 days, definitely, then anything above that is like, okay, well, they have a problem and it's most likely the price, right? So this one was on market for 120 days-ish. And when I first, um, well, this one I didn't call directly. I had a buyer's agent do it for me. But Basically, the conversation was, look, the do you know how much this property could be worth once we fix it up, right? And usually the realtor would say no, right? So meaning that they didn't quite do their homework on it, right? And then if they say no, then we say, okay, well, we're looking at a few comps here, okay? This property here is renovated and sold for this price. This one over here is also renovated, but sold for this price. So 
then we asked him like do you so it pretty much looks like we can sell it at that price doesn't it and then they'll agree and then at that point we say okay well if we can sell it at this price we're gonna have to be at 1.3 like it, it won't work it won't be the return on investment won't work for us if we're anything above that so then it's usually well it's not gonna work because the seller's not gonna accept it and it's as simple as well you know send it over to them all we ask is for a counter right a counter on and then we get a counter back at you know surprisingly we got a counter back at like 1.7 which is three three hundred thousand less and as soon as we saw that then we knew that they're that they're willing to go down so they're going to come down now. right and you got then, some room right so then from 1.3 i think we did 1.38 then we did 1.4. Then they came down to like 1.6. Then we went to 1.4 and a half. They came down and we kept going down lower until we met at 1.5. But they kept they kept trying to go up to 1.5 and a half. And we just said, look, um, you know, we can close pretty quickly. Okay. Um, we can't do anything above 1.5. We can close quickly. Um, if you want to accept it, that's fine. We'd love it. But if not, then what's the alternative? You're going to go back on the market, probably be on market for another 100 more days. So the choice is yours at that point. Do you want to take a little less and close it now? Or do you want to wait 90 more days before someone makes you the exact same offer? You just presented the facts in such a way. Right. It's like, all right, let's finish this thing up. Right. And also, too, no, um, just explaining to them that you do realize that the longer this sits on market and the higher that number goes, the less and less people are willing to pay for it. So 100 more days from now, people are going to offer you 1.2, 1.1, because it's been on market for so long. Right. The value goes down. So there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. This is deep. Real estate goes deep. It does. It does. I love it. There's so much knowledge. Like when you were getting started in real estate, did you invest in any courses? You told us about uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You read that book. Did you invest in any specific courses, coaches, or books that that you want to share that you think really helped get your knowledge up to the point? where you could start your own company? Sure. Um, I invested in a lot of books. Now, I, I'm a big, I love reading. Um, so Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I read a few of his books. I read a book. Um, he had the, a book that he wrote with a few other real estate investors called The Real Book of Real Estate. I think you should check it out. Um, real Book one. of Real Estate by Kiyosaki. Yeah. And, and, and friends. And friends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that one, um, I actually, I got that from a library. Um, so I invested a lot of time too, just learning things on my own. But um, I also invested in, um, I never really took courses. That's the one thing I didn't do. Um, I wanted to, 
but when I first started, I came from I came from the struggling artist life. So I didn't really have much money, especially since um, even though I was doing theater and I, I did have theater work going on, it didn't the the pay was not equivalent to this at all. So um so I didn't really have money to take courses or anything, but I um, I did invest a lot of time in going to meetups and going to places where like-minded people are at. And that's, you know, going to meetup.com is one of my favorite things to do. Look up the nearest real estate event and just going. And that's what I did. And that's, um, that's how I just was able to just meet people and just talk about whatever it was without having to worry about whether I did a deal or not or anything. So I invested a lot of time and I invested, you know, I did a lot of sweat equity for a while for another education company. And that's the one that we met at. So, um, so I started working for a company called Real Success. And that's, you know, that's when I started to apply what I was doing in, in my life. And I was able to, bring that and educate people within that community and that even made me learn more you know educating people makes you you know learn more about the subject too right so and then when i joined real success as a coach um and as i was also an event coordinator too um that's what that's what shot up my my network as well because I was around so many people all the time because that good. that event that I met you at was that was actually my last event ever because I, I had quit I think a, a week after that but um, that was you know we were doing one a month one or two of those events every month so imagine all the people that I was meeting, you know, right. being in the room with them for three days straight. That's awesome, man. Great experiences. So that's really speaks to the power of networking right. and you're building your brand and going to events. You got to connect with folks, everybody, wherever you are, there's somebody in your area in your corner of the world that's investing in real estate, right. find them and meet up with them, be friends with them and, create events you can meet up at hotels at restaurants for free just meet up go to meetup.com or create a facebook group and get together with other investors and do deals together share information keep each other inspired and uplifted support the community build the community if it's not there create it but that's something everybody has to do wherever you are in the world get with some real estate community take it offline and bring it into the real world videos and youtube is great but meeting people accelerates your success and your knowledge and learning tremendously yes definitely. irl yeah man you gotta mix the url with the irl uh -huh. you know yeah in real life <laughs> yeah i love that and online yeah that's and great working for free too is one of the best things you can do yeah I also too, I forgot to, I left this out, but I'll let you know is that 
when I first started too, I actually helped another investment company with their cold calls just because I wanted to get more experience on how they handled the leads coming in. So there's this company in Chicago who they were a well-established wholesale company already. And they had posted somewhere on Facebook or Indeed or something. And I responded and it was literally just for a cold call. Right. So they're going to pay me hourly just to make cold calls four hours for them, four hours a day. So I did it for a while and I wanted to know like how did their system work? How did they what did they use? Like what did they do with leads when they came in? I just wanted to learn all that. And I did, you know, um, I did that for like literally six bucks an hour. Like I didn't, wow. I didn't care about the money. I just wanted to learn. And then um for real success, I I started off with them working for free. I said, I just want to learn. I'll come here every single day for no, no payment. And I worked for free. Wow. That's awesome. It wasn't until the end where they started paying off. But for the first five, six months, I didn't get anything out of it. Right. Just, just connections. And then after you're providing value for a certain amount of time, do you then have a conversation about compensation? I think, um, yeah, because it it starts to turn into a, like, someone's, uh, only one person's benefiting at, at some point, right? Right. Because um, in the beginning, right, I'm benefiting because I'm meeting new people. I'm, you know, building my network. They're benefiting because they have, someone who's you know extra hands on deck right for free exactly so then as the months go by um your network starts to grow right and their business starts to grow okay so now at that point the network that i made i can go ahead and go off and do whatever i need to do um or I can stay and still help them with their business, but I, I'm gonna have to benefit somehow, right? And if I if I can show them, or if if I know for sure that I gave them value, which you know, I'm pretty sure I did. Um, and anyone who's listening too, if you're giving value, um, and you know your value, then you can just show, remind them that you're putting effort into it, and it's. Um, it's worth something, right? Your time is worth something. So you should get compensated for it. I or like that. Can, or we can split ways. Like it's no hard feelings, but yeah. And but everybody now, has to decide when that point is for you, right? Right. You know, for me it was like five to six months in because that's when I that's when I was aware that okay, well my time is really valuable. Like I can provide them value. And I know I could. Right. And That's same, great. Same with anybody else. Who, you know, like I said, working for free is a great way to get your foot in the door. But then once you're confident in the value that you give them, that's when you ask for compensation. That's good stuff. Great advice. So now, now you're running your own business and you've done tons of deals. You're got years of experience. 
and you have a coaching program of your own now, right? I do. Can you talk a little bit about that? And if people are interested, we can definitely include a link so people can get into it. But what do you what are you coaching? What's your coaching program about? What will people learn and how can folks get involved? Sure. So um so my business partner Steve and I, we created this program called the Profit Playbook. Okay. And the Profit Playbook in general is we organized it kind of like a uh, very much based on university structure, right? So we do have semesters, right? Some of uh, six month semesters, but uh, it's structured like that where each semester or each segment is dedicated to one thing, right? So it's four in total. We have semester one, which is wholesaling real estate for six months. From there, you go into uh, flipping houses uh, semester two then semester three you go into project management because we felt that even though there's a lot of flipping programs out there we feel like the actual management of a flip is something that's not act, not so much talked about as it should be because we can talk about flipping houses what's a good deal mm -hmm. what's a good you know floor plan and all that stuff but what about once we actually close the deal in escrow? How do we manage the entire thing so it goes smoothly? Right. And Steve is more, Steve is in charge of that and the flipping side because he has, you know, 30 plus years of being a contractor. Um, and then semester four is our rental program, which, you know, our rental pro program is. It's more designed for students who actually went through in the entire process from wholesaling all the way up to rentals, only because it's it's one of those things where, you know, um, once you're in the community for a long time, joining the rental program is as easy, you know, as having a network of different people who have all these rental deals available. Right. So, you know, we encourage people to learn the beginning and move on to the end and use the rental if they need it. But the the main focus on this program is the wholesaling and the flipping. Right. Um, so wholesaling, the wholesaling warriors first semester is six months. And um, we go everything from education, which is online education, and it's designed for people with full-time jobs. We want this program to only require maybe two hours a day max, where people don't have to quit their job or stress about it or anything, where they can fit it into their schedule. So anyone with a nine to five, this would be perfect for you. Um, but it's online education. You can complete it at your own time, but we will hold you accountable for it. We will keep track of what you're doing, what you're completing, and we will be reaching out to you if you're not completing anything. We want success. So we wanna we want to make sure that you're doing your part as well, right? Um, we have online education. From there, we have our one-on-one um, -on -one coaching program which is you're gonna be partnered up with either me or any one of my wholesaling partners 
from there, we're going to do constant meetings every week. And I'm going to give you things to work on. And I could check at the next meeting. So I'm going to be giving you homework, right? And this is and this is really beneficial for it can be someone who knows about wholesaling but hasn't closed the deal yet, or someone who has no idea what wholesaling is. So this will be beneficial for, for either one. But we're still going to give you homework. We're going to give you assignments to do. You're going to bring those assignments to us. We're going to grade them. We're going to we're going to tell you what we think you can do, work better on and everything. And once you pass that, then you go on to the full mentorship where it's you and me doing a deal together as if it was my own deal. So we're going to work the deal hand in hand every single step of the way, including the escrow process, opening escrow, um, you know, everything in between and then closing escrow and then getting the check at the end. And that's, you know, it's, it's based on how, you know, we want our students to be successful, which is why it's only six months, but in those six months, it's going to be, depending on the, depending on you, it's going to be intense. We want you to close that deal within the six months. Right. That's a major key. Yep. That's great. So you're essentially taking people through a process and you've got the timing down, you've got a system. And yep. if they can complete these steps in the system in six months, you can get your first deal. 100%. That's great. And that's great. Univits it's it's all virtual, it's all online. And we hold free strategy sessions um, you know, Monday through Friday. You can come on board with us and we can just talk about whether this is a great fit for you or not. Uh, no right. pressure at all. Uh, we also are doing three free coaching calls um, as well. So um so. anyone who's listening, definitely reach out and see how we can uh, get you on board. Well, we'll put Mike's information down in the description. You can definitely send him a DM, reach out to the company, sign up. We'll have a link to, to that training, but um, that sounds great, man. I'm really excited about that. I'm glad that it's so thorough and that you broke it down into those steps okay. so that it's just simple for people. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. And um, it's yeah. really exciting to know that with, in six months, which is half the time it took you to get your first deal, you've yeah. created something that can help people see success. Right. And, you know, like there's, you know, there's many programs out there, but we felt that it's the structure of doing it and completing assignments that is really going to shoot people to their first deal as fast as possible because there's accountability there. We get to see the effort that they're putting in right if we can exactly. see the effort then we can guide them if we see lack of effort then we can inspire them to keep doing it to, to push right absolutely man it's lit right and i love it i'm excited so online education i see online education as the biggest opportunity for entrepreneurs and consumers right now and in for the foreseeable future quite honestly right it's the number one way that i learn information and have created change in my life it's the number one way i receive inspiration right. uh, new music so many different things design ideas 
all through the internet, all through online, other yeah. people sharing their skills, their tools. And if you have a skill, if you have success that you've created and you have the ability to communicate well, teach your skills to other people, get into online education and make sure you're sharing great information. Make sure you can get people real results, but we got to share more. We got to have people helping others create more success. I'm so grateful that you're doing that. Well, thanks man. Like I'm, I'm excited too. You know, it's, uh, I love teaching people. I loved teaching people in, in uh, real success where I met you and I love teaching people in general. So I'm really excited that I get to teach people of my own and building my own community and then making those, making that community successful and in real estate with all of the, the lessons that I learned along the way, I can just pass them along. And just like, you know, um, I forgot who said this quote, but basically like books are basically someone's like life lessons that you can literally, anyone can just read and learn from them. That's why I love reading books. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Great recommendation. Uh, you definitely recommended some good books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrants. Are there any other good books you want to recommend to the readers out there? Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Really great book about negotiation. It was actually written by a former FBI hostage negotiator. And wow. he, applied, he applied those skills to the business world. Um, really great book. He uses a lot of the FBI um, stories to tell it, and it's it's amazing. Um, that one, and then what else is it? The Compound Effect. It's a really good book. Um, talks about how every single decision in your life is important, even the ones we're not aware of. So it's always good, and he puts this example where um, – people who want to track their diet every time you consume something whether it's a drink or food always write it down and at the end of the day you're going to see all this stuff that you consumed that you weren't even aware of when you didn't write it down so every decision in your life is important and it all and it eventually brings you to where you are right uh, really great book it makes you aware of things mm, awareness Awareness. Let's talk about that for a second. How do you tap into your awareness and how do you feel like that serves you in real estate? And also, what are your your thoughts on the topic of abundance and the abundance mindset? And how do you use that with your awareness to create success in real estate? Well, it's kind of like, you know, being aware of oneself is um it's something that happens to people eventually in life some people are uh some people go through it really early right and once you know having an abundance mindset is one of those things where you're aware how life is right you're aware that anything in life is accessible and that's one of the most beneficial things that someone can have uh, or the mindset that people can have is knowing that everything is accessible 
and there's always steps towards it, right? So um, that plus having an abundance mindset where you know, right, you're, you know you have it already, right? You just have to, it just has to form, right, in front of you. But you already have it. You're living your day-to-day -day life as if you already have it. And that's why right before we started, I think I showed you my check, right, that I wrote to myself because in my mind, I already have this, right? It's a check for $500 million. Half a billion. Yeah, half a to the Moretta Corporation uh, yeah. for annual royalties for who knows what at this point, but Ooh. dated 2025. So in my mind, 2025, I already have this. I'm just waiting for it. You know, Let's go. You already know what you're going to do with it, with the check, with the money? I'm Have gonna, you thought about the plan? I'm going to... I'm going to probably, I want to definitely donate a big chunk just to um, uh, uplift, what was, what was your? Um, we Uplift the World Foundation. Foundation. Definitely donate to We Uplift the World. We'll be very grateful and we will uplift a lot of people. Yeah. with our Moretta real estate education program that would be started up with your endowment. I just want to help people. Like I want to, you know, like you said, uh, it's all about the youth. Um, they're the next generation and doing the best that we can to help them out is, you know, if we have the money, why not? Right. Right. Why not be the reason why they have resources? That's dope. I 100% agree and appreciate that perspective. What kind of real estate would you buy and or build with $500 million? Like what's your dream real estate, like build and or buy? Maybe you already got a property on your list that you know you would, I'm going to get that. I'm going to build that. I'm going to do that just real estate wise. I want to build a casino in Vegas. Oh, I like that. You had that one ready. You You had that one ready to go. Yeah. I've been thinking about that for years. Okay. So tell us more about this Vegas casino, Moretta's. I just want to build it. I want it to be, uh, I'm still thinking about the theme. You know, I love the Bellagio. I love that theme. But I also love the wind. Oh, that one's themed out. Right. Yes, yeah, they're both very nice. So in the that direction, um, you know, I wanted. I just, want to, I just want a casino for something. <laughs> you could definitely do it with $500 million. You could definitely break ground on the casino, get all the permits and everything, get it up and running. A syndication. Yes. Get some friends involved. Maybe Steve Wynn himself. Exactly. You know, I like that, man. Is there going to be anything specific about your casino that you thought of uh, that's going to be different and unique? Um. Nothing comes to mind at the moment, you know. I do want to have a, you know, a really good pool and stuff like that. And I just want it to be known as 
you know, every every hotel there is known for something. Yeah. I want to be known for whatever it is. I want to be known for something unique. Whatever well, that is. I can add some really cool art sculptures oh. <laughs> i do welded sculptures i've done ceramics i've done murals yeah. i will commit to doing the dopest art in your hotel and casino yeah. as well as djing the dopest parties with some of the best music i will be happy to do that and promote the parties but it could be known for art and parties as Good. well as maybe that's the number one place people go for uh, education seminars and like right really dope uh business meetups and like mentorship meetups and stuff you know and like build it for that with that in mind right really dope spaces to have media podcast studios big stages lights the whole nine great for performances plays and have lambo mage and drake performance yeah. stage plays i like that big theater a big theater in it yeah man let's go it's manifestation season that gets me excited because now i'm starting to see it like the more the more we talk about it i'm like oh okay we got some purple and green lighting over here it's really lit got a whole av department just making it feel like the most spectacular experience you've ever experienced yeah and that's you know once you can see it that's when you know you have you're you're gonna get it it's yeah, man. It's the abundance mindset. Abundance alert. Abundance alert. Let's go. Yeah. So I used to have this brand that I was putting out with shirts and hats and merch called Abundance Alert. And people were buying it. I'm thinking about starting it back up again. Would mm -hmm. you wear an abundance alert t-shirt or hat? Yeah, 100%. I'll wear both. Yeah. 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 I might I might make some new pieces and get them out into the world and just get more of the real estate community understanding what an abundance alert is. Abundance alert is what you say when you are walking out of the escrow office with that big check and you just closed the deal. Everything went smoothly. Everything was perfect. There are no contingencies. No, nothing, nothing happened with the deal to throw it off. Everything was on point. Yeah. And you're just getting in your car to drive to put the check in the bank and where you turn your music on you say abundance alert yep. and you feel <laughs> you feel that feeling of success and winning and that you knew something was possible and you did it and manifested it it's manifestation season that's an abundance alert just so everybody knows there's other scenarios where you could say abundance alert as well but that's just one example right yeah i definitely felt that abundance alert before. Mm -hmm. before yeah we... that's the vibe that's the vibe and my mission on life and we uplift the world and with my art and my Lambo Mage music is to create as many abundance alerts as possible for myself and others to help people feel unlimited like superstars because everybody is a superstar once you decide who you are. Yep. Let me say that again. You are a superstar. Just decide the star that you are. Exactly. There's enough room in the sky for all the stars. Yep. Just choose to shine. Yep. They all look different, but they all shine. Exactly. They're all different. But that's what I love about it is there's no limit. You know, there's no limit to how much success any one person or group of people can create. I look at music. There used to only be a time when there were maybe a dozen really top musicians that you could consider superstars. But that's just because the access was limited. 
now we see there's people making great music all over the world that are becoming their version of superstars because they're choosing to share their gift, their art, their creative talent, their education, their knowledge with the world. And a lot of this podcast is not just about introducing you to dope people like Mike and teaching new skills, but also to inspire you, the listener, to be the superstar version of yourself. Be the highest and best version of who you feel called to be. Do positive things and create positive experiences and abundance for other people using your gifts and talents given by God, the creator, the universal magnifier that will amplify you when you choose to shine your light right. and amplify the world. Man, this is great. Is there anything else you want to talk about today on this first interview between you and I? Because I know we're going to do a lot more talks. We're going to have a lot more conversations. We are here in LA, both doing similar things and have a similar mission of uplifting. But um, we should look at talking about anything else that you want to discuss today i just want to one last thing is just one say how grateful i am for this opportunity and you know grateful how every decision that i made in my life brought me to this exact moment and then the moment i met you at the event and how every little thing matters right so everybody who's listening um take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way because you never know where it's going to lead and yeah and i look forward to the many other conversations we have Bajan, absolutely about, about abundance and and creativity and success yes Let's go. I appreciate you as well, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing all these gems and all this information, inspiration, and motivation. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for showing up who you are in the world. You're a very genuine person, very kind, very open, uh, super connector, great super investor, and a great example of who any real estate investor or wholesaler should be looking to become uh, in this world. Make sure you reach out to Michael with any questions, comments, or feedback. Make sure you tap in with his wholesaling course. We're going to put a link to the course. We're going to put his social media links. Ask some questions. Send him a DM. Reach out to do deals with him. If you are buying or selling properties, right. got to reach out to Moretta Investment Co. He can help you with both. Okay? Right. He can help you with the buying or the selling of real estate. All types of properties. So. Hit them up. Reach out and say hi, too. Yeah, just reach out and say what's up. Tell them how much you appreciated the episode. We appreciate you. Thank you for sharing. And I just want to encourage our listeners one more time. Be like Michael, okay? Michael is a perseverer. He's chasing after his dreams and visions. He never gives up. And he's creating opportunities for others to win as well while he's on his journey creating his own real estate wins. So, Follow Michael. Keep going. Never give up. Believe in yourself. The real estate journey is a long journey. It can be a long road, but you just got to get started. You know, you just got to get started and go for it and get around good people because it is a people business more so than anything else. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much again, Michael. Thank you all. The, of course, thank you. Yeah, man. And thank you for the, the beautiful listeners who have taken the time to learn with us and grow with us and given us an opportunity to express our purpose, which is sharing with you all. So thank you all. Appreciate you. We will be back next time with another episode of the Abundance Universe podcast. Y'all be blessed. Peace, love, and blessings abundantly. See you next time. Peace. Thank you.